Anabolic Academy with me, your host, John Livio, Serious Silliness Bodybuilding. This is the show where I answer your questions on bodybuilding, fitness, anabolic steroids, supplements, what's going on in the bodybuilding world, anything you want to ask me. Before we start, I think by this point, everybody knows, but I so some sad news. Uh, the classic physique competitor, Neil Curry, passed away today. Now, by the time you see this, it'll probably be September 12th, but I'm recording it on the 11th. Um, Bison Tries reported it. RX Muscle reported it. And I am actually going to read the article from Generation Iron. It says, classic, uh, excuse me, classic physique bodybuilder Neil Curry dead at 34 years old. Neil Curry competed in the IFBB since 2019. Classic physique bodybuilder Neil Curry has passed away at 34 years old. RX Muscle reported the news on Monday night along with Milo Sarchev, who was a former coach of Curry. Curry began competing at the IFBB level in 2019 and won his only competition in 2022. And that same year, he made his Olympia debut. So this is coming from, this was a quote. It, I believe it might be from Milos. Yes, from Milos. So, quote, absolutely shocking, heartbreaking news that my former athlete, Neil Curry, died today taking his own life. My last best memory of him was the smiling face after he won the New York Pro and fulfilled his lifetime dream of qualifying for the Mr. Olympia. I am a loss for words and filled with pain and sadness. My sincere condolences to his family, friends, and loved ones. R.I.P. Neil and God bless your soul. This is this is very sad. Uh, Milo says he, he took his own life. We'll probably find out more in the future. Um I battle from depression and anxiety, and I've been battling it since I'm 10 years old. Uh, when I was 10, I didn't know what it was, and I didn't figure out what it was till I was 19. And I've had to be on medication and uh, in and out of therapy ever since, but I fight through it. Um, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a serious epidemic among men that take their own lives. I don't know if anybody knows this, but 70% of the people that take their own life are men. Women attempt taking their own life more, but men actually take their own life 70% of the time. And most of the time it's because they usually use gunfire. So they're even more violent when they try to, take their own life. There, there needs to be more light on this subject. I don't know what happened with Neil Curry. I don't know what his background was. He was relatively successful, but then again, you don't know what was going on in his life. I don't know. So I'm going to speak in general. There doesn't seem to be much light on the subject for men when it comes to depression, anxiety, um, self-deletion. I'm, YouTube won't allow you to say the word uh, self-deletion, taking your own life, so on and so forth. Uh, there's not enough attention that goes on for men. 
the three biggest reasons why men in this country, in the United States. Now, I don't know if Neil Curry, I'm assuming he was American. I don't know much about him. I just learned about him because I never, I don't really follow the classic physique competitors. I follow usually the open and the 212 bodybuilding. But the three reasons why most men take their own life uh, one of some kind of terminal disease, they're terminally ill and they decide, you know, I don't want to live through it and make my family live through it. So I'm just going to do it myself. And the other two are uh, financial problems. And the, the third one is uh, divorce. And divorce and financial problems tie in together because 95% of men, when they get divorced, lose their house. Uh, they lose a lot of money. They lose their kids. And when you are, the majority of them that take their own life are over 40. I know Neil was very young. He was 34. But the majority of them... When a person realizes that he has more years behind him than he does in front of him, he loses hope. And not only are you starting from uh, the beginning, you're starting in the red. So it's not like you're 25 or 21 and you got your first job or you just graduated school and you're starting out. Maybe your family helps you or so on and so forth. You're starting out in the red. You owe know, child support, alimony, spousal maintenance. Uh, if it's a financial problem uh, that is not tend to tend to divorce, you know, maybe you went bankrupt. I mean, there's there's a whole bunch of bunch of reasons, and mental illness is 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 a huge huge problem in the United States. I know women suffer from mental illness as well. Obviously, I think the majority. I think I think most women are on that. Women are the gender that are on more antidepressants and anti-anxiety pills than men. I believe it's about 25% of women are on antidepressant, anti-anxiety. And, you know, my heart goes out to them as well. But not enough light shines on men taking their own life and mental illness. People just say, oh, man up, you know, um, uh, don't be selfish. You got people you got to look after. You got to be responsible. And that is true. That is true. But, you know, there's a difference between being upset because maybe something terrible happened in your life. Loss of a loved one. You know, whatever dramatic and and and, and you are upset. You have to go through these stages. And then there is also a difference when you are clinically depressed because then you have a you have a chemical imbalance. So for me, I have to be on medication. I have a chemical imbalance. So it doesn't go away. It could come on when anything. I mean, my life could be great and everything's going great and I could have an anxiety attack. So the medication and the therapy doesn't solve the problem. What it really does is it just extends the period of time that you don't go into the depressed state or you have an anxiety attack you try to you try to lengthen that period of time i could have uh two severe episodes in a year i could have two severe episodes in a month i can go five years without an episode and then it hits me again i don't know what happened to neil curry but my guess is if he took his own life he's battling some kind of demon and there's not enough. 
there's not enough attention on men battling their demons. You know, when a man is fat or unemployed or not good looking or doesn't make a certain amount of money, he's a loser. If he lives with his parents, he's a loser. And, 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 you know, sometimes you need that hard love. I get it. Right. I'm not saying that we need to cradle these people, but sometimes you need that hard love. But sometimes just discussing this, right, with somebody who cares, you know, it's very difficult for a man to say, hey, you know, I'm a fuck up and I got to get my shit together here, right? And if maybe we would just be able to extend a hand and say, hey, look, this is not embarrassing. People go through this. There's help. And there is help. But maybe we should just make it more available. You know, we have great things for women, and I'm not, you know, there's breast cancer awareness. Um, and there's uh, all different types of, you know, systems in place to help. Uh, but I truly believe that we need to help both men and women. Uh, and I know it's very, very difficult, especially, especially when you grow up in uh, you grew up in an atmosphere like me, where I grew up very uh, traditional Italian. It was like, get off your ass, go to work, stop complaining, take care of your own, so on and so forth. A lot of hard love. Even my mother was very, very hard person. And you, you've seen me like kid and, and joke with, with people online where I don't cry often, which I don't. And uh, I kid around like, um, you know, uh, a man shouldn't cry or so on and so forth. Of course they're going to. I mean, sh shit happens. You know, when my father first died, I was bawling, right? He was he was my mentor. He was he was everything to me, right? It was 2004. I was in my 20s, right? But this is very sad. The other thing I want to add is maybe, maybe it's time for the IFBB to actually at least make a statement We've lost too many athletes at this point. And there's been no addressing the issue. Uh, here's an idea. Okay. Now I know that we can't solve the problem, but here's an idea. You know, take it if you want, or otherwise throw it away. If you become a professional IFPB athlete, maybe the IFPB should have a fund that you pay into weekly or monthly. And it could be some kind of retirement fund or it could be uh, some kind of uh, healthcare fund. I don't, there's a million different types of 401ks, 457s, uh, you know, you go down the list. I mean, literally call Goldman Sachs and they will give you a thousand different you know, products that you could invest in. And, you know, you say, hey, look, you're an IFBB professional athlete, just like when you get a job, the first day on the job, enroll. We take so much money out of your, your checking account every week. You choose how much you want to put in. In this way, when shit happens, problems happen, you retire, whatever the case may be, you have some money stashed. It wouldn't cost the IFBB anything, right? I mean, unless there's like fines that I don't know of, but you're just literally taking a percentage of money from the person's checking account. 
right? $25 a week, $20 a week. It adds up, especially when you're a young man. When, when you're a young man and you're in your 20s or in your 30s, you know what adds up? It's just it, something as simple as that. And you don't think that these financial institutions would jump at it? They would jump at it in a heartbeat. There's so many uh, IFBB athletes between men's physique, classic physique, bodybuilding, 212. Uh, with women, you have fitness and figure and bodybuilding and wellness. Bikini, whatever, whatever the case may be. Got a little bit of a head cold. You know, it's, it's, I mean, small companies and major companies do this all the time. Just an idea. Because I know you're not going to be able to save the world. But at least if, you, if you're able to set up some kind of an account, some kind of fund, where they have some kind of a cushion when shit happens. I don't know if this person had a financial problem. I don't know if this person had a terrible breakup. But there's been so many debts in the IFBB in the last you know four to five years that I think it's time they address it. I don't have a horse in the race. Okay, so I don't have to be partial to anybody. I don't have to kiss anybody's ass in the IFBB. I don't compete. I'm not a trainer who has people competing. I'm a YouTuber, and I'm going to speak the truth. At least address it, and I think that would at least give people a little bit of, hey, okay, they're looking out for us. You know, I'd love to know how many of the wakes or burials that the Mannions went to when these people died. I'm willing to bet not many. All right, let's get to the questions. Anabolic Academy. First question from Fran is the man. Love you, Fran is the man. You send me great questions every week, man. Non-fitness question. Where were you on 9-11? Were you working at your current job? So, no, I was not. Actually, I had tried my hand in finance. And I was at the Deutsche Bank building right across the street. Um, I was actually driving into work. So we were driving into work because uh, I had to be there at nine. And I think the planes crashed at seven something. So I was on the uh, I was on the express bus going into work, and uh, it happened. And uh, we were able to get out of the tunnel. And then I had a friend uh, who had family that lived in Brooklyn that picked both of us up because we were together on the bus. It was just a guy I knew from Staten Island, and I was stuck in Brooklyn. And my godmother still lived in Pensacola. She passed away and I went to her house and then me and my brother were in Brooklyn together. He came and then we went by his friend's house until the bridge, Arizona bridge was open up and they were able to go to Staten Island because we had moved to Staten Island by that point. So yeah, I was right there and it was not, it was not fun. Next one. Let's see. Fran is the man. Thoughts on bodybuilders who do G4P, have you ever been offered to do it also? Okay, so here's how stupid I am. I had a Google G4P. I didn't realize you meant gay for pay. All right, look, I'm not into that stuff. And I don't, there's a quote that I use and I stole it from another podcast. I'm not, this is not original. Fast money equals slow problems. Ask Nick Trujillo what happened when his, uh, girlfriend and his mother-in-law, his future mother-in-law, found out when he was doing G4P and how it came crashing down on him. Um, I know I understand people need money. Uh, I don't think 
that is the way to go. I believe it is a slippery slope and it does not lead to anything, but um, bad decisions lead to uh, bad futures. Let's just put it that way for guys and girls. doesn't matter. So no, I was never offered. I would have never done it. And I don't condone anybody doing it. Next question. How can you tell if a bodybuilder holding water versus holding fat on stage? Well, I mean, all right. So like, for example, uh, when we were looking at Regan Grimes, if you show my wrap up, he had some skin folds in the back. That's water. I mean, fat, you would, you would see the, it, the, the layer of fat versus the layer of water. You know, it's, it's completely different. You're still going to see definition with, with water. With body fat, you would not be able to see the muscle. You know, uh, like, for example, if you see a bodybuilder on his off season, he has some fat on him. I mean, you know, he just looks like a big muscle. It's just like a big early muscle dude, right? Looks like a football player or something like that. When you were holding water, when you're on stage or beforehand, you know, a couple of weeks before, um, you're still able to see all the, the you know, ins and outs, but just not as fine as when the water is gone. And usually those those skin folds, like in, in when Regan Grant has his lower back, we usually see it a lot in the spot between his uh, glutes and hamstrings where they meet. Next question, Sup Talk Radio. Top three predictions from Mr. O. Derek, Nick Walker, Samson Dowda, in no particular order. Yeah, I think Hottie's going to get knocked out. I might be wrong, but I think he's going to get knocked out. I think Derek, Samson, and Nick are just, those three I think are going to be battling out for the next few years. Those, those three are no joke. Uh, next question, Sup Talk Radio. Best decade for bodybuilding. You know, obviously everybody is going to say the um the you know mid nineties into the um early two thousands when Ronnie and I would agree. But I think now is a really good time, to be honest with you. I mean, the guys that said the top five guys today, when you look at Samson, Derek, Hardy, Nick Walker, um, Hunter, Andrew Jack, these guys are quality, man. Like quality. They're bigger, they're harder, they're rounder. And they have great shape. It's not like anybody's like, you know, the guys like Andrew Jack and Samson Dowda, they're over 300 pounds on their off season, but they have fantastic shape. You know, it wasn't like that. Like the guys who were over 300 pounds on their off season back in the day, like they would, they would, they would, wouldn't look good. You know, you know, the quality bodybuilders back then were maybe 250 on their off season, you know, like the, the, the flex wheelers and, you know, Ronnie Coleman was a freaking H. Okay. I, I know Ronnie, Ronnie was the Muhammad Ali of bodybuilding. You really can't. He, he's in a category of his own. Okay. He is completely separate from everybody else, but that's, that's my opinion. Uh, let's see. Fran is the man. What documentary or movie do you recommend to someone who wants to be introduced to bodybuilding? Um, well, immediately you think of pumping iron, but honestly, I think, well, I think I believe it's, is it stronger, bigger, faster, or bigger, faster, stronger? Um, because I think there's a lot of awareness that brings upon uh, onto anabolic steroids in that, and they go into it deeply. And I think that is something that young kids tend to just want to jump into without doing any research. You know, the young boys right away, they're like, oh, you know, I want to want to get big and strong without doing any research, with not knowing what they're taking, with not knowing what they're doing. Um, obviously pumpkin iron is great, generation iron is great, but I think bigger, faster, stronger is more of an awareness kind of thing. Um, and it shows you, you know, how dangerous, not dangerous, how you need to check yourself, and so on and so forth, and blah blah blah. Uh, let's see. Okay, Fran is the man. Here we go. 
What open bodybuilder has the best chance to make it mainstream media like Arnold? Oof. I don't see anybody doing that. I don't see anybody from bodybuilding. I mean, I thought Phil Heath, but nice. I could see, I could see Samson after retiring, coming down, you know, 40, 50 pounds and becoming, you know, the next rock or something like that. You know, now, how difficult is it to be the rock? He's tall. He's muscular. He's handsome. He's, you know, he's a so-so actor. So, I mean, how bad, you know, I could see Samson do that. You know, I think, yeah, that'd probably be my, my pick. Right? That'd probably be my pick. Okay. Fine is the man. When is the most ideal time to do cardio for fat loss before, after lifting, or on a separate session? All right. So, obviously, the most ideal time to do cardio would be on the morning at an empty stomach. They call it fasted cardio. Um, if you can't do that, then you do it right after weight training because the weight training, if you work out hard enough, which you should, burns the calories that you've taken in all day and then you're dipping into the fat deposit. But obviously, ideally would be in the morning, first thing on an empty stomach. You know, that's why so many people have like a stepper or something in their house. They just, so they wake up, they jump on the stepper or whatever, you know. Do we have any other questions? I believe we're out of questions. Yeah, that's it. We're good. All right. Once again, like, subscribe, share. I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you for being part of my series and still in this bodybuilding YouTube channel podcast. And I will see you real soon.